the throwback opening. Is it sync? We're gonna try and sync it. Yeah. Ready? Okay, go. Uh, it didn't like crack as quickly as I thought it would. Do we have to do the whole like doom 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 doom? Don't even do. I don't think we need even do. Oh yeah, we do the small intro for for just conversation. Episodes. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a good beer. I'm enjoying this. What is the beer you're drinking? Simon? I am drinking a. Oh, this is gonna be for anyone outside of Southern Ontario. It's meaningless, but we're also having- for anyone who has listened to only episodes past like ten. This is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> this is something we used to do back in the day. Uh, Creamore Springs Alt Beer, a yeah. special German brown ale. It is quite tasty. And I'm drinking Muskoka Winterweiss. So anyone outside of Ontario can just be sad that they can't have these beers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you can have our podcast instead. <laughs> this is the consolation prize. Yeah. Uh, so you may have noticed, uh, the, the absence of Abby's searing sarcasm. <laughs> she, she would have noticed the upbeat, optimistic <laughs> attitude. Well, you, you know, she would have torn into us for this opening already. Oh yeah. Um, so Abby, actually it's fitting that I'm having a German beer. Abby has run away. I am too. Winterweiss. Winterweiss. Okay. All right. So we're having German beers because Abby has run away to Deutschland. Yeah. And she will be joining us again in the mm-hmm. future. This week she's internet disabled. Yes. I, I, I don't know how you live in a place that doesn't have internet. Mm-hmm. I, I would just like have no idea what well, to do with like, myself. It's not like all of Germany doesn't have internet. No, no, but like when you move, <laughs> even when I, like when I move apartments, I'm like, okay, yeah. or, or move into my house and we don't have internet yet. It's like, well, now I gotta go visit somebody who has internet. Yeah. We just hotspotted our phones for a few days, but yeah, it's, it's painful. Yeah. Well, that's cause you're with, you can do that. You're with wind. So you're not paying huge amounts of money for data. No, not really. But anyway, so yeah. We are just going to sit here and shoot the breeze. We're going to struggle and try desperately to make it through a podcast without Abby. I don't, yes. I don't know. We'll see. We, we haven't had to do this since, uh, we had an interview without her one yeah. episode a while back yeah. and it was, oh, it was awful. It hurt yeah. me all through my insides. I know. Yeah. Anyway. Already we're off to a great start with <laughs> two and a half minutes of us talking about really nothing. No, that's okay. It's, 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 they can have another 28 minutes of us talking about nothing. It's just going to be like tech nothing. It's true. So on that note, uh, this week we thought we might talk a little bit about a really ambitious topic that probably would be better tackled by at least three of us, if not three of us and a guest. But we wanted to just, I guess, intro, if anything, to the topic of innovation in engineering and technology. So how, as a company, do you continue to innovate or how do the biggest companies that have a name in innovation, like your Apples and other companies, how do they continue to make innovative products that people think are exciting um, year after year when really a lot of the the main tech markets that people look at for innovation are maybe not plateaued, but at least the pace has changed recently. And is and yeah, I guess is innovation for its own sake a good thing? Yeah, like there's only so many cameras and lack of headphone jacks that you can have on phones before it's <laughs> the same thing. You've, and I mean, every now and then, what's interesting to me is not just the companies that innovate by taking uh, weird approaches to, to their product to see if they'll work better, but the companies that fail to do that. Like the companies that win are really interesting and the companies that fail are really interesting. So, Or the companies that are successful despite never doing 
that. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so you can innovate and win, you can innovate and lose, or you can not innovate and win. And all of those or are not innovate and lose. Yeah. There's, there's, there's lots of possibilities. Those are all very interesting, <laughs> very interesting possibilities. So, so the question becomes, what is your best move? And how, if you decide that you want to innovate your product, do you go down that path? How do you figure out what, how to make a better socket wrench? Mm-hmm. And this will probably, yeah, this will probably serve mostly to like get people riled up so they'll have things to say and then they'll come be guests and we can talk about this again. Sweet. So I guess the most interesting of the possibilities is the innovation, which is successful. Yeah. And I mean, to that, it's a nice place to start because this past week, if we want to get back to our tech news roots, there was a Microsoft keynote and there was an Apple keynote. And last month there was a Google keynote. So all the big companies had keynotes. Oh, there's a Facebook one too. And the month before that, there was another Apple keynote. Yeah. And there was a, in there, there was a Facebook keynote. And last week there was an Elon Musk keynote. Also Nintendo had, and a, Nintendo, they, yeah. they, they announced their new concept. There's so all lots the, of people out there who are, yeah, all the big companies are coming out with their fall line, getting ready for Christmas. So what's new in tech and, and uh, <laughs> Is there anything interesting in terms of innovation? I mean, yeah, that seems to be, I, I'm wondering if the, uh, the phone cameras and like random phone add-ons are going to come the new, like, like five blade shaving apparatus. Yeah. Like it's just going to become more and more and more and not necessarily better. Mm-hmm. I mean, right at this point, most phones have two cameras. Some phones have three cameras. Um, yeah. there are phones that have four cameras. Like I, was gonna, I, I wonder if the metaphor breaks down because I guess they've kind of like ma- razor manufacturers have actually made a step back mm-hmm. from that. There are a lot of like the, some of the more successful ones are doing the opposite. Yeah. There are new companies that come in and be like, no, you only need three. You yeah. only need two. You're Which is fine. interesting because that that speaks to one of the points that uh, companies view, especially in tech, as being innovative is the you get more of something. So you get more screens, more cameras, more things like uh, that attached like there was a phone at one point that had a screen above the main screen so you got two screens oh there's there was another one that had like yeah a screen on the back like a little screen that just gave you a little bit of data yeah just if you couldn't be bothered to look at the actual screen yeah or Or like the edge yeah like the amazon at one point had a a phone that had two cameras on the front and like at least one camera on the back Mm -hmm. because they wanted to be able to do 3d i think maybe it was two on both but then they wanted to do like holographic stuff there's all sorts of weird the, ways the that you can 3DS, do things. The Nintendo 3DS yeah. does that. They have the two, they can do the, uh, binocular camera mm-hmm. 3D picture taking. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that also, they also have the ability to view those images natively. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like if you can't justify it, generally that approach is not a great approach. Like, like, like exactly your, your metaphor with the, or your example with, uh, the shaving razors. razors. Like having five blades, unless you can really show Five blades is that much better than three blades. It's just a gimmick. Whereas with two cameras at different focal lengths, there is a justifiable reason why they're useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a question of whether, like, how much photography you're doing at a, that requires specific focal lengths. Yeah, and I mean, the, but I, I mean, increasingly, phones especially are your primary means of taking photos. Mm-hmm. No, I, and that's I don't have a I, camera. I'm, I'm not saying it's not not justified i'm saying that they they, that you have to walk that line and say yeah people are going to the intention is that you're going to replace your actual camera like a dslr with your phone so we got to make your phone able to take all the pictures you could possibly want to take and it's still a sort of a gimmick like the iphone 7 plus i think is the one with the two cameras um that was like the big selling point was you have two cameras so you can do 
excuse me, really interesting zooms. You can do really interesting shallow depth of field shots. And then the Google Pixel comes out two weeks later, only has one camera. And most of the reviews I've heard so far have said it's better. Yeah. So I don't know if that worked or not. doesn't seem like it maybe did. I find it interesting that nobody's come up with a phone that's got a way to mount external like you can buy external lens attachments for like iPhones and stuff, yeah. But they're like it's a case or something, or it's like mm-hmm. straps mm-hmm. on. I'm surprised that nobody's come up with something with like a mag mount for like Ooh. to make. That's another interesting idea in terms of innovation. Mm-hmm. It's companies that jump on a tech bandwagon because they want to be able to just sort of do something exciting. So, th- for instance, there was at one point, I think like a Kodak phone that was basically just a camera phone. Okay. And uh, I don't remember at, that. at one point, I, I don't remember if it was, it wasn't Fender. One of the companies that was, oh, Marshall. Mm. Marshall made a phone that was like for, spe- for like for really good high definition sound, like Marshall amps. Hmm. Like you, I guess you could have that instead of having a portable like recording apparatus. But again, it wasn't that much better than most phones. Oh, it was okay. just like, it looked cool. Like mm. a lot of companies will just make kind of a cheap knockoff smartphone running a cheap version of android or something just so they can have something fun that they can be like oh look it's the marshall phone yeah i mean if they made something something that was actually like ridiculously good for one specific thing that'd be kind of cool yeah but i mean it like at a certain point what's like i don't know this hasn't gone quite to a hyperbolic place but what if like KitchenAid made a phone and it was like really good for recipes like well no but i mean like for for instance amazon has their kids tablet that they're like this is the most rugged tablet like i think that's a kind of it's not really innovative like they're not saying oh like you i nobody ever thought you'd give a kid a tablet but it's (laughs) it, it is from the point of view of like creating a product that fills this very specific niche where not a lot of technology right now, technology innovation in a lot of ways right now seems to be really focused on generalization. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is, it's making your laptop the only computer you need and your phone is the only device, like only portable device that you need. Mm-hmm. And it's making your, like your car, they're trying to make your car so you don't need a GPS. Yeah. Like you, you, the GPS and everything you could possibly need is built into your head unit. Like it's trying to, ironically, it's, it, <laughs> It seems like companies are trying to make it so you don't need to buy as much stuff, but at the same time, they want you to buy more stuff. Yep. No, it's, it's a little, it's a little kind of you schizophrenic to, when you think about it. But if you're, if you're a fanboy, there's an option for you. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, anyway, it's, it, but it's, there is a lot of innovation to be done in both directions, I guess, in terms of making something that does a lot of things reasonably well enough that you could sell it to anyone. But also I, I think where, where you're missing is things like if somebody made a phone that said, this is the phone that will let you do this specific thing really well. It, there isn't much out there that's really like targeted that. I mean, well, I mean like, part of the problem is that the big, the big companies that make phones like Apple and Google, they don't have any aspect of current smartphones that they don't do well. That somebody could step in and be like, we made a really good photography phone. Like most phones are really good for photography or we made a really good well, phone for listening to music, which was what Marshall tried. Like I, no one listens to music on their phone. It's just like, oh, I really wish the audio quality was better. Well, but the, I mean, phones don't do a terribly good job of recording like video with sound. The sound in your video is always going to be kind of blah. 
That's true, but you can, I think, get external mics for phones, and the video is like at least 4K. Yeah. Okay. The video is not the problem. I'm saying, like, sound sound recording is definitely one of the the ways, like, places where it could be improved. So a better microphone? That's not bad. Yeah. Or more, like, I, where I the one I'm surprised things haven't gone more in the direction of is more robustness. Considering the ubiquity of like cell phone repair and people walking around mm. with broken phones. I'm really surprised that there was, uh, back, oh, the Samsung, I think Samsung used to make the rugby. They had a, they had a, they had a, yeah, a, a phone know, that yeah. was like, it was designed to be dropped. Yeah. And, and before that, like, you used to be able to buy back in the era of flip phones. There Motorola were flip phones that were, yeah. there was Motorola and there were a bunch of them that were built specifically. They marketed them to like contractors mm-hmm. and people who worked in the whole mic system. Yeah. Is the same sort of thing where you could just press a button and talk to somebody like a, like a walkie talkie. Yeah. I don't know if that was, but that, that, like that whole, uh, ecosystem of like rugged devices for mm-hmm. people who now, now it's all cases. And I yeah. guess that's, Okay, fine. But you have to real, like, you have to realize that's a, a cost that's on top of, if, like, if I want to buy a phone, I have to expect that I'm going to, like, pay Otterbox 70 bucks for a yeah. case to make sure I'm not going to break it. Yeah. It's, so I'm really surprised that nobody said, okay, we made a phone that's 30 bucks more expensive, but you don't need a case. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. And that is something that comes up every now and then on the, in the techosphere, let's call it, where people talk about how I really wish that these companies would just, Make the phone a little bit thicker and either have slightly better battery life or slightly more rugged design. Yeah. But we've kind of wandered away from innovation because none of that is innovative, is innovative. All right. Let's get back. Let's get into the real meat of it, which is, um, to me, in terms of weird innovation, Microsoft had their keynote and they talked about their new, um, studio surface, I believe it's called with the crazy puck thing with the crazy puck thing. I, I, I like the crazy puck thing. And then Apple had their keynote with the new MacBook Pros and they have their touch, whatever the hell it is, touch swipe. I, I listened to this like not five hours ago and I forget what it's called already. And the touch strip and something, it. and something strange called a headphone jack. Yeah. Let's call I, it I, a, I don't know what you do with that. Let's call it a, a strip tease. The strip tease <laughs> above the, above the keyboard. That, that, that looked interesting. I, it's going to be one of those things where if a lot of, applications use it well that'll be cool if it's like something you use for like one application then it won't be cool well, the justification that i've heard for the reason why they went that route is that they are against touch screens for mac os because they'd have to redesign their ui which they're not willing to do and so they can't make a macbook pro a touch screen and so the alternative is they make a touch a portion of it a touch screen yeah but because then, people uh, are used to interacting using touch and if you can't at all then it feels i mean part of that reflection is also that it has the most ridiculously enormous touchpad that I've ever seen on any laptop ever. <laughs> Which, uh, uh, looking at that, I, w- I already have with my laptop, I get annoyed where when I'm trying to type and like I, the sides of my hands are on top of the touchpad. Yeah. And that already bothers me. It's, and it's not it's an absurd. It's bigger than my phone. Yeah. Like in, in height. Yeah. It's, uh, my, f- I have a, a Nexus 6P, which is the same size as a, an iPhone 6 Plus. It's, it's a ginormous touchpad. Yeah. No, and it, it doesn't, I don't imagine that there's any particular advantage to having so much space for doing that. Well, they, I think what the idea is, is primarily MacBook Pros are geared towards, as you could see from the keynote, either graphic design or video editing or sound editing. Mm-hmm. And for that, you want to have a big touch panel so that you can more like continuously scroll through long, like timelines or things like that. Like it's, they're, they want more space to be able to interact. And so that's why they did the touch at the top and the touch at the bottom. You yeah. want to be able to touch without being able to do anything with the screen. 
but I, like I avoid using the touch, like the touchpad on my laptop, like the plague. Like if 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 I can if I can carry a mouse with me, I do because I can't. Yeah, it, it's it's just not the maybe that's a generational thing. I, I'm what I'm interested in is. Are you a nipple guy? You like nipples? <laughs> I did. I I really liked. The, oh, what, what, okay. There's we we need to figure out the actual name for it. <laughs> not 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 the uh, not the nipple mouse. People are, um, are really. It's funny how people are really attuned to their particular mouse of choice, like mouse tech tech tech. Mouse tech of choice. Mouse technology. Well, like that, I, like one of our colleagues who has the the ball mouse, and oh, I, the thumb, the I, I literally trackball. can't use it. Every time I'm at his computer, I'm like, I just you have to put the mouse there. I, I can't even. I have it. I have used that a lot, and and actually, my father was the one who introduced me to for doing like CAD because it's it's yeah. like you can do a lot of really nice fine the thumb with a thumb trackball. Um, yeah, I that that's that was the thing that excited me about the uh the microsoft um oh, yeah, so keynote so was the switch gears yeah microsoft was because like th- that's um interactions interactions with computers are things that we haven't seen a lot in the way of innovation and it's interesting because the surface felt like that that or that uh the little puck thing i forget i think it had a name but i forget what it's called um it harked it harkened back to when I was in undergrad, the big, like the big thing that everyone thought was going to be the future was, uh, large touch screens. Like it was right after Minority Report came out. The original Microsoft and, Surface. Yeah. The original Surface was a table, right? Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that everyone thought was going to be a big thing was physical objects that you would place on the table and you would interact with them and they would be, they would be related to data, mm-hmm. uh, on your computer. And that sort of went away and it never really became anything. And I'm excited if this works for that to come back because physical objects that allow that give you a way to interact with virtual objects are really really nice and it's like the mouse is exactly such a thing it's just it's one step removed because you're not on you're not interacting on the screen and like touching with your finger is great whatever a stylus is great but coming up with new interactions is i think an area where there's going to be some really great innovation in the future mm-hmm. but nobody's done it really well yet okay so i mean uh everyone will put links in the show notes but you should check out the the new macbook pros and the new microsoft surface um studio as a nice example of uh where companies can go if they get creative and think about what their vision of the future is for their their core technology it has yet to be seen whether it'll actually any of this will actually be i mean like the macbook will sell because it's a macbook Yep. Um, like they, they could, they could release, I mean, they, they released the same MacBook for three years and people kept buying it. And the version of the MacBook Pro right now doesn't have the touch panel. It's just a regular MacBook Pro. Yeah. So that you don't even have to buy it with the new innovative feature. I would say that Apple is doing well in spite of, yes. like not, uh, okay, this, this is going to be a point of contention, but I don't think Apple, Apple isn't really innovating much these days no they're just good at what they do yeah they're like they're they're changing there's different io like different ways things connect to their devices but the devices themselves are pretty unchanged yeah but and, then, and that's the, fine but that's interesting because the companies that are innovating like lenovo with their yoga book where they spent three years rethinking what the ideal form factor for a personal device that isn't a powerful computer is and they come up with the yoga book which is the size of a dr seuss book and on one side has a, a full screen size touch panel that is both um a tablet like whatever you what's the a like slate a, a slate yeah where you can actually draw with a stylus 
or it's a virtual keyboard where there's LEDs underneath that illuminate like a keyboard you can use as a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And on the other side is basically a tablet and there's yeah. an Android version and there's like Windows 7, Windows 10 version. Like that is debate, like arguably a much more innovative yeah. device than any MacBook Pro nowadays. But at the same time, I have no idea if it's going to sell. It's probably, it, you have to back it up by the user experience and they're already saying that like the processors aren't too too low power they're not really gonna be able to do what they're promising it'll do but but the like lenovo is a a strange example for exactly that because on the one hand they've got they've got the yoga the yoga book that is like something completely new uh or not completely new but it's a it's at least moving in a new direction for portable electronics but on the other side the thinkpad hasn't changed since lenovo got it from ibm and ibm had been making that same computer for what 10 years before Lenovo bought. <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting because Microsoft, who was doing the same thing forever as well, they weren't even making hardware. They made Windows and it was just stuck on whatever piece of crap Chinese computer that you got from the corner store. So there, there's there's a great example, though, because you're talking about micro, or, uh, that uh, Apple didn't want to make the MacBook a touchscreen because they didn't want to redo their UI. And so yeah. on the on the opposite side, you have uh, you have well vista and then and then the original like the original windows 8 where they tried to rethink how they were going to especially windows 8 yep. when they're they like we're going to unify across we're gonna all unify, yeah we're yeah. going to make a ui that works for touch and it was it was it was very innovative it just wasn't it was very not good. very usable yeah yeah it, I, the, the innovation there was a lot of innovation there it was yeah. just that nobody wanted innovation they wanted the start menu back but now that they do hardware the point I'm trying to get to is that for a long time they didn't, but now that they decided to arguably across the line, they're doing very interesting things. Like the Microsoft Surface 4 is very interesting as a device. It's a, basically a tablet with a detachable keyboard. The Surface Pro is arguably a very interesting device. It's, uh, again, a laptop with a detachable screen. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, now the, the Surface Studio. Like they're all, very interesting like none of them are a conventional piece of hardware they all do something totally different that no one else does yeah i it's it but it's it all it's they're all doing interesting things but the interesting things aren't necessarily going to change the way that and they're not popular like I, i've never seen a surface pro anywhere in the wild and i yeah. like I, I know a few people who have surface um just the regular surface but not a lot. Yeah. And well, the Surface Studio is like four grand. So there's no way any, a lot, anyone I know is going to buy one of those. Yeah. And you can think back to something like the, um, what was it? The Blackberry, the playbook where it was like they, they came up with new, yeah. a whole new concept for how you were going to, how touch worked in terms of like interacting with the bezel and intera- having just like gesture, swipe gestures that were outside of the screen. And it was a really, really innovative idea. And there was definitely potential there and then it crashed and burned and because yeah. of the patent system it'll you know, it won't see the light of day okay um which is unfortunate it is so that's a good summary of of what what the state of the union is at the moment for quote unquote innovative technology how do companies continue to successfully innovate like how do you um as someone who works for a tech company um how do you think what do you think is the best approach um, for a company who has an existing product but wants to make it exciting for their customers and not just the same product every year? Or if it is the same product every year, is that a valid strategy for ultimate success? Well, I, like, mean, it, I mean, it depends on what you do. There's two different models because, I mean, like what we, what we do in the tech industry along with a lot of the – mainstays like Lenovo or Microsoft or Apple or um, like any of these Samsung, they've, they've all got flagship products that are stable and they keep making them like Samsung makes money on TVs 
all the mm-hmm. time and they yep. make monitors so they can do, they can make crazy stuff or like LG can make the LG, like they can, they can make their new phone that can be meh or like Samsung can have the note and it can catch fire and it's not going to be into the world because they've got this other part of their business that is stable. And so you can be like, okay, this is where we're going to make, we're going to make something new and crazy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so any business that's got something that's like a flagship product that they can keep making that will keep them solvent, even if this new crazy idea goes south, then you have the, a lot more freedom where uh, on, but that's where the, the company, like that's where their next solid mainstay product comes from because they, they, all these companies have these like moonshot divisions where they have all of this really innovative R and D going on because you can only iterate and improve specs tw- like debatably for so long. Like you can o- every year when a new iPhone comes out and they're like, Oh, well it's sort of like, especially for the last three years, like it's the same as the old iPhone, but the processor is a bit faster. There's a little bit more storage. There's a little bit better camera. Like it's, it's the same story. And eventually, like, somebody is going to come up with something totally different that's going to blow the whole Yeah, but you, you can't plan for that. That's no, the I know problem. you can't plan for that. <laughs> but these companies try to do that by oh, yeah, having sure. these skunk works trying to come up with what the next technology is, what the next big thing is going to be, whether it's Wi-Fi air balloons or um, robots that deliver your packages from, like, electric bicycles on the back of a turtle like the, like for the like conversely, actually what I find almost a more interesting question is some, a company like Nintendo where they basically have to, they've got to come up with a new generation and that is going to be it. Like they're, maybe Nintendo is not a, a great example. No, it's, a, it's a perfect example well, because n- they always compete with PlayStation and yeah, Xbox. PlayStation and Xbox don't do anything. Well, the, the, the other thing is like Nintendo kind of has a weird example because Nintendo has done really well in a few places enough to carry it through a lot of things. Like if, if Sony has puts out a, a PlayStation and it's garbage, it could kill Sony. Like, it, like it's, it, they're at that point where they don't have like the PS Vita never really didn't take off. The PSP didn't earn me a lot of money. So that like the it's the, like the old PSP, the PS Vita, Vita or Vita. What I don't know how you're that. It's the, it's the new PSP. It's the newest um, version of the PSP. It sounds like a like food processor. Yeah, it kind of does. I don't know. I don't actually okay. know anybody who has one. I've never seen one in person, but yeah. I know it's the, it is the thing that PlayStation wants to use to compete with. But you're absolutely right because Nintendo, like the Wii U didn't really sell. No. But Nintendo's still fine. Yeah. I mean, the, Nintendo's kind of weird because they, because they have a handheld, like they're making Game Boys, well, uh, DS's or whatever. That, I don't know if it's even still technically called a Game Boy. I call them Game Boys. Sure. Despite the fact that they are now in direct competition with smartphones. Yeah. Uh, and somehow still managed to make money off They're of cheaper. it. They're cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And but, that's not true. They're not cheaper. Well, they, you can get cheaper ones. I mean, like I got a 2DS for like a hundred bucks. You can get a phone for a hundred bucks too though. Yeah. But can you get a phone that will play 3D games? No. For a hundred bucks? Yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they're not really, they're in direct, they're in direct competition with like smartphones, but people already have smartphones. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because they are, they're fighting an uphill battle there and, they have kind of innovated, but not really. I think it, it, at a certain point, it becomes a matter of the like velocity. So bear with me here. Like inertia? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Pure velocity. So like, okay. let's say like if a company comes out with a totally different game changing, um, I forget the, the tech startup term for like disruptive tech, mm. um, technology that like totally changes the way that you view console games. Yeah. 
but they do a really bad job of it or it's half baked or it isn't exactly functional. If the, if the, uh, the, whatever the motion thing had come out before the Wii U. Yeah. Or, or like, before like before the, the Wii first, that when the, the Kinect first came out, no one give like cared about the Kinect. It was a thing that sat on top of your Xbox, but I don't think anyone ever used it for anything. Mm-hmm. But if you, if the trend in your part of the industry is towards something, I would argue like at the moment VR. Mm-hmm. Like the trend in all of tech right now is generally towards VR being a thing. Okay. So PlayStation has their own VR system. Xbox will probably have their own VR system, whether probably, or not it's yeah. part of um, the Microsoft one, the, the augmented reality solution. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a general trend in your whole industry, that will become an innovative thing because everyone will adopt it. But if all of a sudden, like, let's say that, Right now, Microsoft came out with a new Xbox and it had like a neural interface, but it didn't really work very well. It was super noisy and like only kind of half worked and Mm -hmm. was sort of a gimmick, but was also sort of crap. Mm -hmm. It probably wouldn't succeed even though it's innovative. Well, yeah. You had like the power glove, the virtual boy. And so it's all a matter of like (laughs) if, if the general velocity of the whole part of your tech industry is slow, but it's has momentum, like you said, Mm -hmm. then you're likely to succeed if you can do a good job of it or be the first person to do a good job of it. If all of a sudden you're off in left field trying to have people interact with your smartphone using like the sound of their inhaling through their nose, it's not exactly (laughs) something that's going to be like, super necessarily super successful this is really good if you can go like (laughs) and like text somebody that's kind of cool but it has to be really good yeah yeah it's much harder to do i think is my point yeah no i well um yeah like the phones the the unlocking using crazy biometrics where it's like you'll put it in your phone and it detects like your normal walking cadence so when you walk it's the phone that like shoots lasers into your eyeballs there's a phone right now Um, that does that I can't remember. There's one that does like retina, like, um, biometrics. Yeah. Well, there are a couple that have tried to do retina scanning. And I, again, I don't know. It's, I, I, again, it doesn't work very well. Having, having to swipe a thing isn't annoying enough for me to want to pay for that. Yeah. But fingerprint, but like fingerprint readers are on most phones now because they're fast and they work. And uh, yeah, I'm sad that mine doesn't have one. Every time you're like, you pick up your phone, you're like, it's unlocked. Yeah. And so somebody locks into something that is useful and, better than existing technology and if everyone adopts it then that is the new standard and it's up to the next person to do like it's an incremental change no one's gonna like say that like adding a fingerprint reader revolutionized smartphones but good fingerprint readers interestingly are not new i mean like there have been good fingerprint readers on laptops for a long time for sure but it was never really like i was never annoyed enough by having to log into my laptop that i cared about having a fingerprint reader but on a phone suddenly it actually is something where you can like that's one less step you got to worry about and it came after they tried to unify wallets and things like that where it became a security thing that Mm -hmm. was a benefit yeah Yeah. I mean, obviously, so, I mean, we're going to basically conclude with the obvious things, which are incremental changes are easier and making some like an innovative slight change to an already increasing momentum in your industry is going to be more successful because it's less risky than some left field moonshot that is kind of bananas and may or may not work at all. Well, could, do we, can we talk about just for a little bit, the, the, converse like companies that don't innovate now we're done oh okay because i, I, I uh, yeah no, well okay. we're, like we were talking about it earlier there are companies that do best when they don't innovate like yeah, we were, you're saying like victorinox 
their best product is the product that they've been making forever. And their worst are the most innovative. Yeah. The more, the more innovative they get, the worse it is. Yeah. And what I was saying, like, it's not, it's not, uh, not Laguinal. Maybe it is. But it's funny because it's the companies that have been around for a long time and it's become a mainstay of like a cultural thing. Like, like Laguinal, like their, their knives are viewed as like a very nice craftsmanship style bespoke yeah. thing that people want as a, not necessarily an heirloom, but like as a a piece of um, something that man has made. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's certainly that. Like, there's there's the Morgan, like Morgan automobiles kind of thing, where they can make a they make a car that is circa nineteen nineteen forty three, but they make it by hand and they do it like they make a crazy car that everybody wants to own. That that's that that's one thing. But there's there's also like there's companies that have that mass produce something which hasn't really changed. I mean like um Maglite. They they Yeah, they, that's true. Other than changing great from, example. other than changing from a incandescent bulb to an LED bulb, I don't think that anything has changed. But that was a big deal in fla- in the flashlight industry. In the big it, I I was amazed to d- to discover that there are people who are really really excited about flashlights oh, yeah. all the time. I see the ads on Facebook every now and then where they're just like this flashlight is military issue. <laughs> 7,600 lumens. It will burn your face if you hold it too close. If you look into it, you will see God. No, but I mean, stuff like that where it's like you could innovate, but why? Like you can keep making the exact same thing and you make a good product. Uh, like innovation is counterproductive or you let somebody else like the biggest step forward in, again, for Maglite came from Cree LEDs. Yeah, it I wasn't mean, it wasn't anything Maglite created. You know what it is? It's the companies that under their name have either since or established. Those companies, <laughs> their their biggest liability is to innovate badly. Yeah. Because if they if they do something wrong, they've ruined their company history mm-hmm. and their brand. Like yeah, their, their, their you, you whole thing is you their don't brand. want that terrible thing that you made back in like yeah. the in aught six. <laughs> if Maglite decided to use like fireflies and it didn't go well, even though it was renewable. Like, mm. it w- well, not renewable. <laughs> <laughs> Environmentally friendly firefly powered flashlight. <laughs> Solar powered flashlights. If all of us. Sudden- yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. if, if it's, it's really, and I don't know if it's necessarily uh, like that it's difficult to innovate in these fields. I don't think it is. I think it's, it's exactly that. It's that they have a very good product that's well respected and functions very well. It's probably a combination of there aren't a whole lot of places you can go with it, but also there, there's a lot of, there's way more potential for your company to go under with Maglite than with Apple. Like if Apple mm. makes a bad iPhone, it'll suck for a year, but like they've got all, they've made enough at this point and they'll make enough in the future that every now and then tech, tech companies are expected to fail. Yeah. The, ba- the, the baseline isn't moving as much. I, I guess probably where that, where companies can succeed like that is where with technology, like what is the baseline for a technology moves really fast. Yeah. Like you keep, that's the issue. The biggest issue that, that, uh, that Blackberry had was that they kept making the same phone. They made a great phone. They were a decade ahead of their time in 2001. And then they were a decade later, they were making the same phone and they were no longer a decade ahead of their time. But then unfortunately they decided to, to continue to start making good phones, but it was too late. Yeah. By the time that they were making good phones again, yeah, they they were done. Well, no, exactly. But, but you could, if you have a company where you could be talking like Blackberry doesn't exist anymore. 
Well, they still, yeah, they still exist, but they, like, for a while, for a while, they were, like, they were ahead of their time. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. and, and they, and they're not anymore. But you can't, you don't, you can't be ahead of your time in an industry where things don't move, which is exactly yeah. where you can be successful. Again, like, if you make really nice pocket knives, pocket knife technology is not moving. So it's not like you're going to be behind the times with your, or if anything, like being behind the times is a positive. Cause you're like, okay, now this is retro. Yeah. Exactly. Now you got a retro pocket knife. Yeah. And like somebody might come along and make the first like pocket lightsaber, but until then you're not really threatened by the advancement of technology. No. And even then, I mean, I think there, there will be like, people still have mechanical watches and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. you, you could, I, I've got a smart watch, but I also own like a self winding, like fossil mechanical watch. I use a fountain pen. Yeah. It's I, like, so the, there, there are technologies that despite the fact that there is a quote unquote better technology out there, will continue to have pens is a really good thing. Sorry. I totally interrupted you. No, no that's fine. A total off topic thing, but pens don't like how long has Bic made ballpoint pens? Mm, and like they're, they're, yeah they're they're whatever the and throw like, away. their big innovation is like this one has a slightly wider grip <laughs> this one is pink i know <laughs> but and like that's part of the reason why i went back to fountain pens was because they are have a nicer feel and experience than ballpoint pens do which when you're writing mm. is important yeah and I feel like somebody could probably make, like, they tried to make more innovative pens. They made the pens that you could plug into your laptop and they would download all of the writing that you'd written, mm-hmm. soft copy, like all sorts of stuff, but they never picked up because nobody cares. Their pens are fine. You can get space pens. Yeah. Space pens are kind of cool. I've heard space pens down. are pretty cool. Yeah. But I'm not sure that they are like $40 pen cool. Yeah. And like, obviously there are expensive pens. Like if you get really nice Mont Blanc pens there, you're spending probably a few grand but but there's that's a different thing because if you if you you can get into status symbols then it's not innovation is no longer and i think that's probably part of what with like morgan or anything it's like bespoke uh watches like mechanical watches versus smart watches yeah you're you're down to it's a it's a status symbol at that point and then innovation doesn't matter because you're the status you lose the status symbol status if you innovate like but, but again, it does come back to if you're going to innovate, it has to be something that fulfills the same need but better. Like the reason why the first Apple Watch didn't take off was because it was a shitty watch. Mm. It did stuff. Yeah. It was cool. But at the end of the day, it was a crappy watch. Right. And so if you're going to make a really awesome pen that you plug into your laptop that tells you what you wrote and has all sorts of really cool features, if it's a shitty pen, you're not going to win. Yeah. That's actually, you know what? That's probably a good, like, place to end is to talk about in terms of innovation it's you can you can you can be the most like groundbreaking innovative company in the world come up with the most groundbreaking innovative product in the world but if what you're innovating on did it better than what you're doing like if there's some some core function that you're losing that you're you're it's never going to it it was exactly what was wrong with windows 8 Windows 8, you were losing. It wasn't as good at doing the things people were doing every day with their computer. Yeah. And it, so, so there's something to be said for, I think that the two threats that we covered were at the beginning and the end now. The beginning was just adding blades as a, as a, a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And the last is adding blades that make your shaving bad. Yeah. Having, actively making it worse by, yeah. well, either that or like if you've got, you start adding degrees of freedom to your razor because it's like, well, it needs to go over a 
needs to needs to tilt in two degrees, but if you end up with something then you can't control and you're just yeah. like whacking yourself in the face with a blade, <laughs> then <laughs> Um, then what you need is a lagano pocket. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah th- th- then what you need is a straight yeah. razor. I mean, yeah. there's th- there's a reason why there's been a resurgence in sa- like World War II era safety well, razor technology. That's, that's also kind of like you said a status symbol. Yeah, it's, thing. oh yeah, and, and fine, and that's definitely something to consider. But there's also the fact that people are realizing, hey, this technology doesn't need to be this crazy. Yeah. No, I like that. Cool. Um, Good job. I, we did a podcast. I, we we made a podcast all by our lonesome. Yeah. Uh, Abby can listen to this and feel bad that she didn't. I don't know. Abby should edit this podcast. <laughs> we we will send this to Germany yeah. for <laughs> for a, bes, a bespoke German editing, <laughs> German quality editing job, German engineered podcast. Um. Anyway, if you were offended by our episode, let us know on Facebook and Twitter at How Do You Eng. Or if you uh, if you're interested in coming on the podcast, if you are. If you're an engineer or you work in technology and you have opinions on this and you'd like to talk with us about this to a greater extent, feel free to contact us. Yeah. Uh, feedback at how do you eng or, uh, you can contact us again on uh, either on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this for a while, but we're a different kind of podcast here at how do you engineer where if you, if we make you angry, we'd like to a hear from you and b possibly actually have you on the show so you can <laughs> yell at us in person. We haven't actually, uh, we've it's never had, actually happened. No, everyone people, agrees with us. People have written, awesome. ri- well, people have written in a couple times. We should have another, uh, professional engineering podcast and piss off some people. That was the <laughs> one that got some feedback. Anyway, 